1: So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL.
0: This is Access Atlanta. Every week we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. There's a song by Stephen Merritt of Magnetic Fields that goes, The Book of Love has music in it. In fact, that's where music comes from. Some of it is just transcendental. Some of it is just really dumb. Today, we're here to talk about some of those love songs as we approach Valentine's Day. Whether it's a day of celebration or a day of cynical scorn for you, we've got a song to fit your mood. Here to talk about love songs and the songs of heartbreak that go up. Sorry and the songs of heartbreak that sometimes go with it, is Melissa Ruggieri. Welcome.
1: Hi, Shane.
0: So, love songs. It's uh, <laughs> something that they've been around for a very, very long time.
1: They have. They have. and And there's sort of been an evolution over the years, I think, among love songs, heartbreak songs, songs that people think are love songs, but actually aren't, which are some of my favorite to always talk about because you want to shake the person and say, no, that's not what that song is about. It's like born in the USA with Springsteen.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. People misunderstand songs quite often.
1: Yes. Yes. And then also, you know, there, there are some good songs to get over heartbreak the, the, those angry songs. So I figured, you know, in honor of Valentine's day on the way that we could kind of touch on all those different categories of things from from the gooier stuff to the to the more visceral right. <laughs> relationship yeah. type songs.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I in in looking through some songs to, to prepare for this, it it struck me that the songs that I like best are the ones that are either uh, heartbreak songs or songs of like nostalgia and regret and that sort of thing. So um, I found that that quite interesting. The the gooey ones don't really do that much for me but but there are a few there are a few
1: and and i'm kind of the same way i I could be a little bit mushy depending on you know what's going on but i i i think it's important to remember too that just because we're doing this heading into valentine's day just it happens to work with the calendar date obviously these are songs that are going to touch you with certain parts in your life regardless of the time of year and 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 even if you're in a, a good relationship it doesn't you know mean that you can't listen to a heartbreak song or if you're not in a not great relationship that you can't listen to a happy love song (laughs) and things like that i mean that's that's the beauty of music that they all all these songs will fit anytime and i like to listen to some of these songs just because sometimes you know just put headphones on and if it is a nostalgic song or you know a Beatles song or or whatever just to be reminded of what a great song (laughs) it could be yeah
0: yeah that's true
1: well, should we, should we start with overrated love songs?
0: Oh, okay. Well, that that's an interesting uh, concept. Yeah, let's do.
1: Well, I have a trio, and this trio hasn't changed in many, many years because they're songs that came out, you know, probably just within the last two or two decades, I guess close to the three decades now, but still. My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. <laughs> yeah. I will I will readily admit that in concert, because I had seen her in Vegas several times, and then she was one of the last shows I saw here last January when she performed at State Farm Arena. It is a spectacular moment, and there's always some waterfall involved. And, and she's always wearing some g- big giant dress, and you do stop in awe and go, wow, that looks really cool. The song is crap. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, yeah. just, it just is. And it, I think also part of the reason that song just grates on me every time I hear it is talk about one of the most overplayed songs in radio history. That's well, got to yeah. be up there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably one of the reasons we feel that way about it. But it also is a bit cliched, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That, and, That's
0: the and, thing. Yeah, there's so many songs. that It's like you just string together a bunch of love song cliches of which there are many and you've got a song. And, you know, I think that song is more about about her performance than anything else. That's the only thing left to enjoy about it. <laughs> right.
1: You well, I mean, you, and you know, and it worked for the purpose it was recorded for, for Titanic. Yeah. And, right.
0: and It's cinematic. It uh, in my opinion, an overrated movie as absolutely, well. Absolutely,
1: sure. And for the same reasons. It's just so overwrought and melodramatic. Yeah. But, of course, that's what a lot of people who aren't as cynical as we are love about it. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but, you know, in the concept of... Uh, in the context of watching it on the screen, it works perfectly fine. But when yeah. you hear it, even when it comes on the radio now, I'm just like, no, no, I can't. So, so Celine's always at the top of my list of overrated love songs. Also, so is uh, Brian Adams, everything I do, I do it for you. Oh, yeah. I know, I know, right? <laughs> See, that's the reaction. Um, I, when I was in, I think I was in high school when it came out and at the time, I thought, well, okay, this is kind of a pretty song, and you know, your brain at seventeen is different than your brain, you know, twenty-ish years later or whatever, and um, or thirty years later. <laughs> I have to do the math of how old I am. I can't even remember anymore. Uh, but when you hear the song now, it's so just. I, I, again, I can do, I can do gooey, I can do lush, I can do all those things, but it's almost maudlin (laughs) in a weird way you know and his voice as well as much as I like his voice on his rock stuff I've never really liked his voice quite as much on the ballady things even something like heaven was never really a big fan as far as the Brian Adams catalog of music. Yeah. So yeah, everything I do is is not something. It's everything I don't when whenever, yeah. whenever yeah. I hear it.
0: I, I'm not a fan either not of, of Brian Adams in general, really.
1: <laughs> I, like I said, there's, I do there's I
0: several like, reasons for that, but yeah. you know.
1: I, you know, I, I'm a fan of generic rock. I could, I could do my generic rock just fine. But with that particular song, not so much. And I am a huge sting and huge police fan. But Fields of Gold, for some reason, has also always just it bores me. There's something about that song that I just find so plodding and Again, from the time that it was popular until, you know, when I hear it now, I'm, I just I want nothing to do with it. I don't want to. And, and Sting is a beautiful melody writer. And, you know, he certainly knows how to craft a song extremely well. And it's not even that there's anything wrong with the song, per se, in, in the way it emanates. But I just there's just something about it that I makes me cringe whenever I hear it.
0: Right. Well, and and I I don't know, not to spoil anything, but I don't know if you're going to talk about another particular song by Sting that uh, is often misunderstood.
1: No, which one? No, actually, we can move on to that. Those are my those are my three overrated uh, songs. Yeah, so. well, I was thinking
0: in particular of "Every Breath You Take." Which, oh,
1: yes, yes. a which people, you
0: know, yes. people somehow <laughs> seem to think is is a pretty little love song about you know sweet, but it's 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 very stalkery.
1: It's a stalker song. So I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm reading a book right now that I plan to write something about. It came out a few months ago, but it's called "Can't Slow Down," and it's about the year 1984 and what a huge. Boone that year was in pop radio. That was a year of, you know, Thriller and the Lionel Richie album for what it's named after and Cyndi Lauper's, you know, Show so Unusual came out the year before all this kind of stuff. And there's a chapter about the police and synchronicity also came out, you know, 83, 84 tour, that kind of stuff. And the whole chapter is about every breath you take. And it's about the genesis of the song how, you know, how Sting and Stuart Copeland were fighting about the groove of the song because Stuart likes to be a busy drummer. And Sting just said, just play the groove and shut up, <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. But th- the thing that it really focused on was obviously it's not about undying love, it is about. You know, somebody who's always in the shadows (laughs) watching Mm -hmm. you and kind of unrequited love, too, that the person isn't that people aren't together anymore. And yet this this person is always lurking. (laughs) Yeah. Seeing every breath you take. Yeah. Yeah. That that was um, among my list. So is REM's the one I love which yeah, Michael yeah. Stipe has tried to point out in many interviews that it is not a love song. It's about using people. And if you look at the lyrics and and that's the thing too, I mean, come on, we've all been guilty of this, so I'm not going to you know get on some high horse about it, but, but if you look at the lyrics of something and, and don't just blindly sing along to whatever's on the radio, sometimes something clicks and you go, Oh wait, that's not really yeah. what that song is about. And, Bria, our podcast producer, and I were just talking about Beyonce's Irreplaceable. And I remember at the time that song came out, a good friend of mine was going through a separation and she took that song on as her own personal anthem that, you know, everything you own in a box to the left and, and the lyrics are about you know being untrue. And I knew what you were doing with that girl in the car and all that kind of stuff. But people see the title Irreplaceable and they immediately go to, oh, you're irreplaceable to me. You're always going to be in my life. I love you so right. much. And no. No. and the other one that for years has just every time I hear that somebody used it as their wedding song you just kind of want to go why have you listened to it James Ingram's I don't have the heart hmm. <laughs> it's about dumping someone or yeah. wanting, or wanting to dump someone I mean the lyrics say I don't have the heart to hurt you but I and also but I also don't have the heart to love you the way that you want me to so thus it is not a love song and yet to this day, I hear it at weddings. I hear people have picked it on their song list at weddings. And it's like, just pay a little bit of attention to what you're listening to. And that's probably not what you want played at your wedding, unless you right. really don't have hopes for your future together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People sometimes just see the surface of, of these songs and don't dig very deeply. But uh, yes, yeah, if you're going to use it in your wedding, you probably should.
1: Yes, <laughs> just pay a little bit of attention. I know, I know. Uh, okay, so do you do you want to do you want to talk about heartbreak songs? Songs yeah. to get over heartbreak. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, I
0: guess they kind of go together. They don't do. Right?
1: Well, they they do in in some ways because the the couple songs that I still listen to. Well, fortunately, I haven't had to get over a heartbreak in many years, but 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 just when you listen to it, you're kind of brought back to that place whenever that's been something in your life. There's only like they're both kind of angry songs, whereas heartbreak songs right now Olivia Rodrigo with Driver's License I know the you know the kid's 16 years old it's I'm not quite sure why it has become the phenomenon that it has because it's a perfectly fine song it's not the best thing ever that deserves to be breaking all these chart records but whatever that said she wrote it and the more I hear it, especially if I'm just out driving and it comes on the radio, it's like I, I get kind of teary eyed thinking back to when I was 16, sort of like if, if I were 16 right now, I would be all over this because you can immediately be transported back to that period of, you know, driving by somebody's house and you thought that they were interested in you, but they're really not. And I kind of feel like somebody's mom, like if I had a 16 year old daughter, <laughs> what this would be feeling like for her. Right. And and it's just such a sad, sweet song. And there's something about the vulnerability of it that I guess is maybe what has spoken to so many people that it's gotten, you know, eight bazillion downloads and views and streams and everything else these days. Um, But while I'm not sure it's going to be something that, you know, somebody might be talking about on the podcast 20 years from now, I, I do understand the sentiment behind it and why it's probably, you know, become so popular because there is something a little deeper to it when you listen to it. And it's a very simple song musically. So it's, actually much easier to concentrate on the lyrics than like yeah. some of the other songs that maybe you didn't really realize what they were about. So, yeah. and this other song, so I, I, I go for walks, you know, several times a week in this forest near where I live. And I always have my MP3 player with me and it's on shuffle. And this song came on that I hadn't heard since the soundtrack came out. And it just kind of struck me as I was walking. It's, it's a song from the star, a star is born soundtrack, the lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper one. And it's called I'll Never Love Again. And it was a song that was played at the end of the movie after the the sad part of, of the movie has occurred. Right. And it's such, I, I mean, I'm like almost crying walking through the forest going, what is wrong with you? But it's one of those songs that you would swear that Diane Warren wrote. And it's also one of those songs that if Whitney Houston were still alive, she totally would have nailed this one. Because everything about it, even Gaga's vocal performance, sounds so Whitney-esque. And, but it was actually written by Lady Gaga along with Natalie Hemby. Hemby, I'm sorry, Natalie Hemby, who's done some stuff with Miranda Lambert and Little Big Town and Hillary right. Lindsay, She's also a big national songwriter. She co-wrote Little Big Town's "Girl Crush," and it's just got such a beautiful melody, and it's so sad. And I mean, if if you've lost someone in any capacity, I, I mean, it's really something that I think you know you would even find healing to to listen to. And The version that's on the soundtrack at some point uh, in the like toward the end of the song, it pops into um, dialogue from the film, from the scene that it's used in. And that's actually kind of striking also while you're listening to it, that suddenly, you know, you're back in this conversation from the movie uh, when Bradley Cooper's character was still alive. So so that's just a a really, you know, sad, sweet, beautiful song. And uh, Adele, Someone Like You. I I don't know about you, but, you know, I could still hear that song now and go, oh, which is always the reaction I guess you want when you have a sad love song or a heartbreak song. And Adele, better than anyone, I think, in recent memory, has done a rather fine job of channeling heartbreak
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
1: Into her music. I I think she cornered the market on it about a decade ago. And I'm really curious to see what she's going to come out with next, having gone through a divorce recently, and if she's going to go that route or if she's going to go, you you know, rolling in the deep type of (laughs) stuff instead, you know?
0: Yeah, that made me think of songs by famous musicians that we know, and we know that they've broken up or whatever. And it's like, we often try to, Um, imagine that this is about the Mm -hmm. person they broke up with. You know, Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. there are lots of examples of that in the world, but it's like one of my favorites is uh, No Distance Left to Run by Blur. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was Damon Alborn. It supposedly was written about his breakup with Justine Frischman of Elastica and all that and it's it's a really heartbreaking song and and uh one of my favorites so
1: you're you're right i, I mean especially when they're popular pop culture couples or you know right. couples in, in music that you knew what their romantic history was it's it's funny you mentioned that because just last night i watched the britney spears documentary on hulu the framing britney spears that the new york times did that right lots of people were talking about and there's a segment in it where they talk about when she and Justin were you know on every magazine cover Justin Timberlake and then Justin released Cry Me a River and in the video you know there's this blonde girl from the back that they keep showing in the shadowy right. form or whatever and of course when that song came out everybody's like oh Britney cheated on Justin that's what this song is about he's telling everybody what really happened and and right. yeah you're right I mean it's it's sort of a, a peek into the, the private lives of a lot of these artists and I don't know if you're familiar with St. Vincent's uh, New York and yeah that's, yeah. a, that's another song. I mean, you know, it's really about staying in the same place while others move on. You know, some yep. of the lyrics are, I've lost a hero, I've lost a friend. And then lamenting about being in that place without having this, the, that person with you, which was so significant to the location as well. And yeah. I think that's, you know, I think we could all relate in some way to having lived someplace else, you know, whether it was another house or another city or state or whatever. And, you know, attributing whatever was going on in your life to a certain person. And if they're no longer in your life for whatever reason, that's always the connection, you know, that's going to be there. And and then you're sad about not only the person, but the place.
0: <laughs> right. And that's, yeah, that's, that, that's the whole nostalgia and longing thing. It's like that, that made me think of uh, one of my very favorite songs period uh, called civil twilight. Oh, I don't know uh, that one. Who's that by? It's by a band called the weaker thans. Um, huh. They're a Canadian band. Um, and the song is, is written from and, and you can you get this from the video more than, than well you get it in the song, but the, the narrator is a bus driver and um, you know he always thinks about uh, you know this lost love at civil twilight, which is a, a an actual thing. It's between I can't remember there's there are different gradations of Twilight. Hmm. And it's, you know, this is a specific point, and he always thinks of her at Civil Twilight. And in the song, he, he goes, his bus goes by the house where they used to live. And, you know, he describes things that he saw in the ceiling there, and he wonders if it's been fixed. And it's just a fascinating song with all these little details in it about you know, uh, a lost relationship. And, and I really love it.
1: And when it's got those kind of details, that's what hits you even harder, you know, because right. that's, that makes you start thinking about, you know, whatever those little details were in your life about somebody yeah. else. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, it's a really fascinating song. And I love it because it's not cliched. It's, it's you know, uses all of these, you know, unusual situations and, and, and so descriptive and, and right. Right, it's just a terrific song.
1: Which which brings me to one of my songs to get over heartbreak because I still think it's the standard bearer of you know. You know what you could do with yourself, pal. Songs is Alanis's "You Ought to Know," <laughs> and,
0: right. and, and
1: talk about being specific. That's pretty specific.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and there's a lot of visuals that come to mind when she's singing. But just her tone—I mean, she's so angry, and—and and that actually is a song that came out around the time I, you know, had broken up with somebody, and—and and I just remembered, you know, hearing it in the car and blasting it, and yeah, <laughs> you know, like right. That of thing. And, and even now, I mean, it's just such a great song to exercise to, or you know, if you really just need to get your adrenaline going in in any way. Um, And, and she, she really, I mean, I think she just set a new bar for anger in relationships (laughs) ending kind of thing. And I don't know if you remember the all American reject song gives you hell, which is, it's a, it's kind of like this fun little chant of a song, but the lyrics of it, are very cutting and very bitter and, you know, also the kind of thing that if, you know, if you've just gone through something and you really hate that other person right now, that will probably make you feel better to, to sing along with, or at least to listen to very loudly with your headphones on or your windows rolled down.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, um, I think a more grown-up version of that is something like knowing me knowing you. By yes, Abba. by ABBA. Sure. You know, which is sort of a, you know, it's like, well, this is this happened and we're moving on sort of thing, you know.
1: ABBA, ABBA was one of those bands that did such a great job of masking deeper lyrical content in those melodies that they right, you know, yeah. I mean, they they had these chirpy synthesize melodies and, and layered choruses and all this stuff. But then, you know, when you would listen to their lyrics sometimes, especially given that band dynamic, sort of like Fleetwood Mac, you know, when, you've right. got, when you've got couples involved in things, you kind of go, ah, yeah, okay. Right. And,
0: and it's even more amazing that they could do it when it wasn't their first language. So, you know. Yes.
1: <laughs> very, very good point. Well, you know, and that's another thing when you mentioned earlier about, you know, hearing couples in music when they write a love, you know, breakup songs or whatever. And, right. and you're thinking about, I mean, look at the interband dynamics that, that we've had over the years with bands right. like ABBA and Fleetwood Mac, especially, I mean, God, rumors, all of rumors, is pretty oh, yeah. much a, a bitter breakup album about everybody in the band.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> Have, it's fascinating to listen to that album. And I mean, you know, you can't help but think about it.
1: No, you can't. And, and I do wonder if we're ever going to get that type of depth in You know, I mean, there there are so few bands right now, you you know, that I especially male, female dynamic bands that it'll be really interesting to, to see, you know, in the next decade. What comes out of anything like that? Because you look back at some of those albums and you kind of think that they're frozen in time, you know that yeah. that that type of thing might not ever happen again, and certainly not certainly not sell the way that those albums sold. Also. Right,
0: but, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. The, the breakup album, which many people have done, you know. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, of one of the
0: famous examples was Marvin Gaye's "Here, My Dear," which was court ordered that he, you know, his ex got the uh, royalties from it, so he made his next album. So he made an album and called it "Here." my dear and it, it, like, made it about about their relationship yep. which, it, it's a fascinating thing and and weirdly enough it didn't sell anywhere near what his other stuff
1: no of course not because you know that's probably what people were like oh i also want to go there
0: right yeah yeah
1: well okay we can we can talk about some nice love songs now but oh yeah sure that don't, that don't have bitterness as the undercurrent right um Bill Withers' "Lovely Day" is oh, yeah. really just one of my all-time favorites, and since he died, though, it does seem as like as if his his estate really wants to get it in as many commercials as possible, which has sort yeah. of irritated me a little bit. I swear, I've seen it in like three different commercials since he passed, and I'm like, "Gosh, what was? Yeah. Did he not have something in his will that you know maybe maybe he didn't care? I don't know."
0: But Yeah, it's it's like the the uh, Peter Gabriel Salisbury Hill of the new. Yes, uh, Columbia, <laughs> was in so many movies. It's like I just saw it in another movie the other day. I'm like, really?
1: Yeah. Are I know. Still
0: using that song in in soundtracks,
1: and there's certain artists like a Peter Gabriel too that you kind of go, "That's not what I would have expected from you,"
0: right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but lovely day. I mean, just as a piece of music, it, it's just it's just sheer bliss. You, you know, I mean, you hear that song and you can't help but have your mood elevated. Yeah. By here, I mean it's sa- it. It sounds like sunshine. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. one of those songs that really does and one of uh, the beatles you know they they certainly have you know at least a dozen songs that i would probably pick as great love songs but something by george harrison is really to me at the top of the list of their most yeah. beautiful songs and uh, if you've not gone to Vegas to see love the Cirque du Soleil show, whenever it reopens, I strongly suggest it to everybody because one of the most beautiful parts of that show is when they do something because it's, it's aerial acrobatics, you know, that they're doing during it, but the, but it's, but it's the, the graceful type of stuff with the ribbons and that kind of thing. And it's just so beautifully set to the music and just what a poignant song. And, you know, for, a girl, you, know, you listen to that song and you really do think that, God, I hope somebody feels this way about me one day right. <laughs> <laughs> that, they're, that they're thinking that way about me. Same, same for me with Billy Joel's, she's got away. You know, I, I I hear that song and I'm like, Hmm, I wonder if my husband ever thinks about me that way. I don't know. <laughs> you know yeah. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but, but it, it's, it, you know, I mean, these guys were able to really exemplify and just illuminate really, you know, what their love of, not maybe, you know, not so much just a specific woman, but I think, you know, women in general or, you know, whoever their romantic partner was and just what they were looking for in that person. And I think that's important, too, you, you know, just because you're getting you're getting some tips along the way yeah. also of what it is that is so special about this particular person. Um, Bruno Mars is just the way you are. I, I've always loved that song. It was his first single from 2010. I can't believe it's been that long, but it has been. And it's just such a sweet song to me. Every time I hear it, that's also one of the things on my shuffle. Still, that it'll pop up, and I'll go, "Oh, you know, I haven't heard the song in a while." And it's just, it's just, it's just a lovely sentimenty, you know. And when yeah. to hear somebody say to you, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter how screwed up you may be, and good days, bad days, whatever. But just you know, you're not perfect, but that's okay. That's that's why I love you. Yeah. And and yeah. I don't. I, I, this is kind of a new song for me. Brandy Carlisle, she did a song last year called Carried Me With You, and she wrote it for the Pixar film Onward, and the song's really written about the bond between two teenage brothers, well, they're elf brothers because it's a Pixar film, but, but you know, the, the lyrics are about always being the one to guide me and fix the hurt, and, you know, those things can always, of course, take on a romantic connotation as well, and Brandy's got such an amazing, powerful voice that you can't help but be moved <laughs> when, right. when you hear it, and Somebody else with an amazing, powerful voice, Karen Carpenter, and oh god, yeah. I mean, I know we've only just begun. Could be part of the, well, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I want to say overplayed in in the sense of not not overrated, but overplayed. It's probably in that category, yeah. especially as far as wedding songs go. But, yeah. but, but my goodness, I mean, talk about just a pure vocalist and just a beautiful song that deserves to be in wedding <laughs> playlist. Yeah.
0: <laughs> even yeah, today that's yeah I, I could listen to her sing just about anything and,
1: really yeah. anything really anything yeah. and you know I mean, so- and
0: there was there was some bad stuff on some carpenters oh album, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah but you know her voice elevated no matter what what it was it, her voice elevated it yes. to uh, you know a level that it may not have even deserved so
1: it, it's it was just her voice is just like crystal i i it, yeah. it's just so mellifluous and so Pure, I guess, is really the only word that always comes yeah. to mind when I hear her sing, and I, I know, I mean, talk about someone who you know we really should have had for so much longer producing music and, and with her brother, yeah. and just it's just stunning, stunning vocalist.
0: and yeah. then part- and I think I think part of the big part of the reason why is is there there is. You know, we may not have recognized it at Mm -hmm. the time. There's always this sort of sadness and aching behind that voice. Yep, it's
1: it's exactly it. You're you're so right. And when you hear it now and you know her story, it it just hits you even harder of, you, you know, how much hurt she was in. And that was just so conveyed so beautifully or the happiness in something like we've only just begun, but yeah, there's always a melancholy even, (laughs) even in a song about we're beginning our lives together. There's just a a little hint of sadness there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one, one of the best. Um, So my, my two top favorite love songs, and this has not really changed for me in, in a long time either. are our wedding song was To Make You Feel My Love. And it's a Bob Dylan song and it's been covered by a lot of people. Adele, probably most recently, Billy Joel did it. But truthfully, my favorite version of it is the Garth Brooks version. The, the Dylan version is fine, but it's Dylan. <laughs> and, right. and as much as I... Think Dylan is a genius as a songwriter. His voice has never been one that I really want to listen to on a regular basis. And Garth Brooks did it for the soundtrack of *Hope Floats*, a Sandra Bullock and Harry Connick Jr. movie back in the '90s. And it was one of the first movies that my husband and I went to see, like on a you know an early date when we were dating. And the song just always stuck with me. And um, you know, so it, be, it became our wedding song. And but even now, when I hear it, it to, you know that's one of those songs too that some of the lyrics you kind of go, I don't know, is this really a great wedding song, <laughs> you know, but, but it's just got so much depth to it. And, and that's, I guess, really what always struck me about it. And even, you know, when I hear it now, it just kind of makes me go, Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> which is good. Cause I still like my husband. So <laughs> yeah. Right. If that ever changes, I'll probably feel differently about the song. But <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and you know, my, really my favorite song is Maybe I'm Amazed by Paul McCartney, the live version, the live version of Maybe I'm Amazed. Yeah,
0: Be- yeah, it's yeah, that's one of those that the live version is is always better. You know,
1: and, and, you know it, it's a song that had an interesting history. It came out yeah. on the studio version of it that did absolutely nothing and then was released a couple of years later, if I recall, uh, as the live version that that's the, what became the hit and that's probably what you hear most often when you yeah. do hear it on a classic hit station or on satellite radio or whatever. And it's such a, it's so lyrically simple, but yet his vocal delivery gets me every time I hear that version. It's so raw and so stripped and real. And you knew how much he loved Linda, speaking of <laughs> couples in music. Right. And it was just so apparent in the way he was just so unleashed in it. And and it's just such an amazing love song. And it's like, you kind of, you hear that song and you're like, I want to aspire for that. <laughs> In my yeah. in my life, you know? and Paul, of course, you know one of the great melody writers of of all time, really. And so, yeah, so that, that's at the top of my list. If, if now, if you had to pick one, what what oh, would that God. be?
0: <laughs> See, that's the thing. I could never pick one. I mean, the the, the song that I, I mentioned at the top of the podcast, um, "The Book of Love," is is way up there, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's so simple yet. It's not cliched, it's mm-hmm. it's really, really simple, uh, but it's beautiful and it's been covered quite a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I can't remember, I think Tracy Thorne did it, um, Peter Gabriel did it, um, so some other folks have. But, you know, I also love the older, simpler songs. It's like, it, Love is All Around by the Trog.
1: Oh, that's a great it's, song, yeah. It's a
0: great song because I'm a sucker for, for like, um, rustic garage band sound with a, a string trio, yeah. a string quartet, <laughs> uh-huh, rather, uh-huh. yeah, just this simple, you know, the, the combination of that is something about it, and you know, it's it's a sweet little song. It's the lyrics are nothing special, but there's something about the sound of it, right? And and Love Grows Where My Rosemary Goes, which is um, a classic from the early 70s AM radio, mm-hmm. um, you know, I. I love that song. Um, But as far as like a a really special song that the lyrics are just so well crafted, there's a song called We Let the Stars Go by Prefab Sprout.
1: I remember Uh, them, yeah.
0: Prefab Sprout is one of my favorite bands. Patti McAloon, their their, um, songwriter is just one of the most underrated songwriters ever. And Um, we let the stars go is just, it's basically a a whole exercise in nostalgia and, Hmm. you know, it starts with, there was a girl I used to know, um, and she teased me about my name and we said, I fan the embers long enough. I sometimes catch her flame. It's (laughs) just, that's just musical to me. Just the words themselves. And, uh, you know, the fact that he writes gorgeous melodies as well, uh, doesn't hurt. And now this, so, this is, now
1: this is a love song, not a not a heartbreak song, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it is, but it's also about it's a lost love. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's like he's he's looking back, and um, you know, it's it's a very nostalgic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a memory that 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 won't go away, and you know, maybe maybe that's not so bad. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, I, I, I came up with this whole list of all these songs, and, and it's it's amazing how many love songs I do like. And even in recent times, there's a, a song by the XX mm-hmm. called yep. "Say Something Loving," which it, it, I, there aren't a lot of songs about sort of the hesitancy and nervousness of new love. Yeah, you no, know, there there are some, but that one I think really captures it. It's like there's a line, am I too needy? Am I too eager? Um, it's it's a really, really pretty song. And it's uh, uh, it captures that, that nervousness, that sort of adolescent mm-hmm. butterflies in the stomach thing really well.
1: It's great when you can find songs like that in recent years, you know, because so many yeah. of these ones that we've talked to have been around for a while for good reason. But when there's something newer that strikes you that you know, you still want to talk about a couple of years later, even that, that there's yeah. something there, you know?
0: Yeah, that's, it's, you know, I I always hate it when people say, oh, there's no good, new, good, good music made since whatever right. decade, you know, they had their heyday. It's like, you know, I, I still find new music I love every year. And, you know, that means love songs as well.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Um, you just have to search so they, for it a
1: little bit sometimes. Exactly.
0: It may be a little harder these days. It may not be all over the radio or right. You know, you may not read about it so much, but you know, you have to do a little bit of work.
1: Yes. Um, and, and Well, and also there's so much. I, in a way, it's almost the the hard part of it is that there's so much of it that you have to yeah. see that you have to kind of weed through to find right. the, the really good yeah. Stuff, these days
0: you know? of streaming, there's there's mm-hmm. you know all of this catalog of music is available at your fingertips and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you do have to wade through a lot but uh, there's still great music being made and i think that say something loving is a perfect example of that
1: well i'll have to check that out
0: yeah definitely do it's it's a great song from there it's from their third album it's the last one now i believe um it's about time for a new one but Of course, unlike when when I was young, when bands had to put out an album every year, (laughs) uh, waiting three or four or five years is not unusual anymore.
1: No, no, because, you know, then if they just want to do a single, they could just throw it online and not have to do the whole album yet.
0: Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I remember, you know, when it's like, I think between Boston's debut album and their second, it was like two years and everybody was like, oh, what happened to them? They're just gone. they disappear. disappeared. Yep.
1: And Def Leppard with hysteria that kept yeah. getting delayed and delayed and it wound up being, I think maybe three years, three-ish years in between records and the same kind of thing. Like, are they ever coming back?
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think we sort of got off track there. I
1: know. I know. Well, I was gonna say. Okay, I'll just I'll just leave you with this image of Mary Tyler Moore throwing her hat up in the air and "Love Is All Around" uh, <laughs> playing yes. in the background. The Sunny yes. Curtis classic
0: <laughs> to, yep.
1: to to maybe brighten up your Valentine's Day weekend a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's always a sweet image to leave on. So yeah. Yeah. So with that uh well go and check out some of these love songs and uh you know if you're looking for things to do for valentine's day we have plenty of that at ajc.com um we've uh done some things so the food and dining team has put together um some takeout possibilities mm-hmm. and things like that um you know we have uh, lots of other ideas for you so check that out uh, under the things to do tab at ajc.com um and thanks so much for uh for this little uh, walk down memory lane, Melissa.
1: (laughs) Always. I'll see you next time.
0: (laughs) There's nothing normal about our new normal, but AJC.com is the same trusted source you've always had. And we have just as much great content, if not more. That's why each week I'll highlight my personal picks for the best things to do, see, and experience. And the stories are easy to find on AJC.com. Just a little less than a year ago, Chris and Rich Robinson returned to their hometown to play a stripped-down acoustic set at Terminal West under their alter ego moniker, Brothers of a Feather. The concert was a precursor to a planned blowout summer tour for the Black Crows and the recently reunited Robinson Brothers as a celebration of the 30th anniversary of their smash debut, Shake Your Money Maker. The rescheduled outing, including July 3rd at Solaris Bank Amphitheater at Lakewood Penciled in, remains tentative. But the Black Crows will revisit their landmark work on February 26 with a multi-format reissue of The Black Crows Present Shake Your Money Maker. Melissa Ruggieri spoke with the Robinson Brothers about the reissue and more on the Atlanta Music Scene blog at AJC.com. The streaming services that typically get all the headlines are the big subscription-based ones like Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Max. But there are a surprising number of robust free services. Like traditional broadcast and basic cable channels, they rely on advertising. On the bright side, the number of ads is typically fewer than what you would have to watch on traditional TV. They provide a vast array of big TV hits and films from the past six decades, either on demand or on live channels. Rodney Ho takes a look at five of the best streaming services on the radio and TV talk blog at AJC.com. Robert Spano, whose 20 year tenure leading the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra ends this spring, will become the next music director of the Fort Worth Symphony Orchestra. The Atlanta organization announced Spano's plans to leave the ASO in 2018. Since then, the Atlanta Symphony has been conducting a national search for a replacement. None has yet been named. Bo Emerson brings us all the latest news from the Atlanta art scene, and once Spano's replacement has been named, you can be sure that the AJC will bring you that news both online and in print. The AJC's dining team continues to explore some of the best in takeout with the Atlanta Orders In feature, which you'll find in print in the living section many weekdays. Taqueria La Oaxacaña in Jonesboro is a 14 year old fast casual spot that many connoisseurs of fine regional Mexican cooking will tell you is the area's best. Owner Rosalia Ruiz has shied away from giving interviews because she feels her English isn't sufficient. For the Atlanta Orders In feature, Wendell Brock first reached out to her in August and finally got her on the phone recently. In the conversation, Ruiz describes her journey and her relentless pursuit of her dream to own her own restaurant. Read up on all the places the team has visited on the Atlanta restaurant scene blog at AJC.com. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Bria Felicien. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.